الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وما خلقت الجن والإنس إلا ليعبدون وقال تعالى يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وكونوا مع الصادقين وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اغتنم خمسا قبل خمس شبابك قبل هرمك وصحتك قبل سقفك وغناك قبل فقرك وفراغك قبل شغلك وحياتك قبل موتك أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most suspected mothers and sisters There are certain things in dunya In the current dunya that we live in And especially the country that we live in The times that we live in That there is barely Let alone a day But barely a few hours that pass by Where we don't either speak about something negative or hear about something negative or come to know of something negative somebody in some difficulty, some problem, some illness some hijacking and some robbery and some sickness and the list is endless then together with that somebody's, there's some domestic issue, there's some issue with somebody's child, with somebody's extended family with some business issue there is no limit unfortunately to the number of things that keep going on which are negative in so many different ways while that is a reality and one of the most common words that perhaps that has become part of our vocabulary is the word problem everybody has a problem even a little child also you ask him something he says I have a problem so this is something that is common but while these problems may be many the reality is that as numerous as the problems may be as numerous as the challenges may be but the bounties and the gifts of Allah Ta'ala upon us at every moment in time are still far beyond and a countless number of times beyond the challenges that we face, the difficulties, the hardships that we have, whatever kind of problems that we experience, compared to that on one side, the ni'mats and the bounties, the favors that Allah Ta'ala showers upon us every day, every moment of every day, this is, there's no comparison. What problems we have is like barely a drop in the ocean compared to the ni'mats and bounties that we keep benefiting from. Unfortunately what happens is that we keep focusing on the negative things, we keep focusing on the difficulties, the hardships which are there, there's no denying that we are faced with many difficulties, problems, hardships, but we focus on it in such a way that we totally forget about all the positives, we totally become unmindful of all the ni'mats and bounties of Allah Ta'ala that are being showered upon us at every moment. And as a result, we become ungrateful, which is a major crime in the court of Allah Ta'ala that 
we forget about all his ni'mads, all his favors, all his bounties and we become ungrateful. In fact, this has been the plot and the plan that shaitan himself laid out and his scheme which he himself exposed. Sometimes a person is up to some kind of scheme and plot and plan to try and bring down his adversary, his enemy. So he keeps it top secret. He doesn't want anyone to know what he's up to. And eventually when the time has come to execute his plan, then he will try to do it very very quietly and quickly. Shaitan also had a plan. When Allah Ta'ala rejected him from the heavens, and Allah Ta'ala told him that he is accursed forever, there is no hope of him ever being the one ever getting any kind of salvation. So he also plotted and planned that he doesn't want to go to Jahannam alone. He's going to try to take others. He's going to try to deceive the servants of Allah Ta'ala and take them as well. So at that time when he was rejected from the heavens, he even exposed himself, he exposed his own plan. Which this is the lesson that Allah Ta'ala has given us that be aware of shaitan's plan. So shaitan at that time declared, قَالَ رَبِّي فَبِمَا أَغْوَيْتَنِي لَأَقْعُدَنَّ لَهُمْ صِرَاطَكَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ But ya Allah, now that I am completely rejected, I am not going to go alone. I am going to take others also. And I am going to sit on the straight path. The straight path meaning every aspect, every path of deen. Any path of deen that a person is going to try to adopt, to get closer to Allah Ta'ala, Shaitan is going to be on the same path, like on the side of the road, to try and waylay him, to try and derail him, to try and hijack him, so that he does not reach Allah Ta'ala, so that he does not become a true servant of Allah Ta'ala. So Shaitan himself says, ثُمَّ لَآتِيَنَّهُمْ مِنْ بَيْنِ أَيْدِيهِمْ وَمِنْ خَلْفِهِمْ وَعَنْ أَيْمَانِهِمْ وَعَنْ شَمَائِلِهِمْ in order to deceive the servants of Allah Ta'ala, to put them into that deception and take them off the track of Iman, Shaitan says, I will come from their right, from their left, from front, from behind, and from every direction, I will come to deceive them, to waylay them. And then what he says, وَلَا تَجِدُ أَكْثَرَهُمْ شَاكِرِينَ That you will find that most of them will be ungrateful. That when they are going to be faced with some challenges, they are going to be faced with some difficulties, some hardships, they'll forget all the bounties, they'll forget all the na'mads, and they'll go headlong into ingratitude. And when we go into ingratitude, then this distances us away from Allah Ta'ala. So this is shaitan's plan, his plot, his scheme, to distance us away from Allah Ta'ala by means of ingratitude, by means of nashukri. So therefore this is something to be very very conscious about that we keep remembering the ni'mats and bounties of Allah Ta'ala keep reminding ourselves of it and keep making shukar. In one hadith Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says that man asbaha minkum aminan fi sirbihi mu'afan fi jasadihi indahu qutu yawmihi faka'annama hizat lahu dunya The person has iman, he woke up in the morning, he's got iman and he's well, he's not incapacitated, he is not now unable to do anything for himself. Some small aches and pains, some little flu and headache, this carries on every now and again with everybody. But he is able to go about his work. So he's got Iman, 
physically he is well and he has enough to eat for that day meaning he can fulfill the needs of the day the Nabi Islam says that a person has got these three things Iman, Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with Iman all of us who are here we are not Alhamdulillah in any hospital Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us and those who are in any way incapacitated Allah Ta'ala give them shifa and afiyat as well but we are Alhamdulillah well and the third thing says that you have enough for your needs of the day if we really consider how much we have for the needs of how many days so if just we had enough for the needs of this day only so with these three things Nabi Islam says it is as if he has the whole world it is as if he has as if the whole world has been given to him what more does he want for the day his greatest need is Iman and he's physically well and he's eaten for the day he has a shelter his needs for the day are over what more he wants now can we imagine if this alone constitutes the whole of dunya in terms of the individual then considering the number of ni'mats we have the luxuries the comforts and whatever else we possess what Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with how much of shukr we have to be and how grateful we have to be to Allah Ta'ala for his ni'mats and bounties so we have to all the time be considering what Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with how much he has blessed us with we can never count the bounties of Allah Ta'ala but keep making shukar and appreciate the ni'mats and the bounties of Allah Ta'ala now in terms of appreciating the bounties there's innumerable and countless bounties but in one hadith Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has highlighted five things and said appreciate treasure these five things because these five things won't last forever sometimes something may last for a little while longer than other but sooner or later these things generally go some things may remain till a person's death some things don't some things never remain so Nabi Islam is highlighting that look these five things be very very appreciative of it treasure it because you don't know how long you got it and some things are never going to remain with you what are these five things so in the hadith Nabi Islam mentions while he was advising one person that igtanim khamsan qabla khamsin treasure five things before in other words if you have these five things then treasure them appreciate them before five other things will happen or before other five other things come into your life so treasure these five things when Nabi Islam is saying treasure them be appreciative of them can we imagine what great things these are so any case what are these five things the first thing Nabi Islam says Shababaka qabla haramik that appreciate your youth treasure your youth before old age now this is something that never lasts forever nobody can keep their youth where it is don't allow the youth to pass this is something that a person can try his whole life to stay young but sooner or later he'll be old and if he is still in dunya then no matter what he tries nobody can stop the aging process he is going to get old he is getting old every moment his life is ticking away now this youth that Allah Ta'ala has blessed many alhamdulillah are in the youth this is not something to while away it is not something to just take as something to pass time well 
now is the time of my youth, so therefore let me enjoy life to the best. This is something which is a great gift and a great na'mat from Allah Ta'ala. And on the day of Qiyamah, the questions that a person, every person will be asked before they move from the spot they are standing on. There are five questions in one hadith is mentioned, another question, hadith, four questions. But among the questions, two things are in particular. One is, Allah Ta'ala will ask about how did he, how did a person spend his life? Now, how did he spend his life? What is life? Life is from the time the person is born, but he'll be accountable from the time that he is of age. So from the time he is of age till he is going to now leave the dunya. So that is his life that he is accountable for. So he's going to be asked about that. But still on top of that, Nabi Islam says, that wa shababika fima ablaid. That you are going to be asked about your life. But separately you will be asked about your youth. Now the life as we said is from the time a person of age. But again on top of that, Nabi Islam says, you will be asked about your youth. Why? Because the youth part of a person's life is a very special ni'mat. And this is that part of life where a person can achieve that which is not possible in a person's old age. Allah Ta'ala blesses a person in his youth, in her youth, with a lot of strength, with vigor, with a lot of abilities, capabilities. And therefore, because this is a greater ni'mat, Likewise, Allah Ta'ala wants that this be dedicated to a greater extent, to Allah Ta'ala. And when this is dedicated to Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala rewards accordingly. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Sallallahu mentions the seven people who will be given the shade of the Arsh of Allah Ta'ala on the day of Qiyamah. When other people will be drowning in their own perspiration. Can we imagine what a severe day? That many people will be actually drowning in their own perspiration. And on that day, some people will have this great honor of having the shade of the arsh of Allah Ta'ala. Among the seven categories of people mentioned in that hadith, one of them is that That youth, that young person who grew up in the ibadat of Allah Ta'ala, in the worship, in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. Now what a great honor, what a great gift from Allah Ta'ala. And these are things which will only be appreciated really on that day. On that day when a person now will realize that what a tremendous ni'mat this is, where others are out in the open and the sun is barely above the heads of people. Like a hand span above their heads. Can we imagine? Nowadays, presently, today, it's a hot day. Not too hot also. It's moderately hot. But how long can we stand in the sun outside? Five minutes, ten minutes will be too much. But what is the distance between us and the sun? And imagine now if that sun is just barely above the head of a person. So, on that day to have this honor is a very big thing. And this is what Nabi Islam is saying, that the person who has spent his youth or her youth in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala, then this is something Allah Ta'ala loves tremendously. When a person makes qurbani and people are searching for qurbani animals, so what kind of animal does the person look for to sacrifice for Allah Ta'ala? Now he wants to sacrifice an animal for Allah Ta'ala. Now he wants to sacrifice a cow, for example. So now what age cow does a person look for? 
If that cow is two years old, then it's valid for qurbani. So does a person still look for something that is seven years old, ten years old? There will be some cows of that nature and it will be very much cheaper also. Because now it is already for the slaughterhouse. But that is not what the person will choose, what he will look for. He will look for a very young animal. Because that young animal is the best animal. That young animal has the best quality meat in it also. He is slaughtering a sheep, something that, a goat, it will be something that has just now passed the minimum requirement and it's a very young animal, uh, that's the animal that he will choose. Why? Because he's going to make qurbani for Allah Ta'ala. And Allah Ta'ala loves that that qurbani that he presents must be the best. So now part of being the best is that he's going to choose a young animal. That is a general known thing. So likewise, we have to make qurbani of ourselves for Allah Ta'ala. And the best qurbani is the qurbani of our youth. Like that animal for qurbani, we look for the young animal because that is the best qurbani. The best qurbani in terms of ourselves is the qurbani of our youth. The qurbani of our youth is not that we go, na'uzubillah, go and slaughter ourselves, but that this youth is now dedicated for Allah Ta'ala. This youth is not squandered and not wasted in the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala, not misused and abused in all kinds of vice, in all kinds of sin, and this vigor, this strength, this ability, these capabilities that Allah Ta'ala has blessed, that this is all used now, na'uzu billah, against Allah Ta'ala, this very strength is now used to break the commands of Allah Ta'ala, then this is the height of ingratitude. So Allah Ta'ala wants us to appreciate this youth, one is in terms of deen, and that's the main thing obviously, that this youth be now used for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. And Allah Ta'ala appreciates this greatly, as we understood from the Hadith Sharif. So the first thing is, Shababaka qabla haramik. Then together with this, that in a person's youth days, he's worked hard in terms of his deen, and he's made a good moderate effort in terms of his dunya also, especially this refers to obviously those who have to take care of the family needs, etc., the husband, the father, etc. So they worked hard in their youth. Now, in their old age, they cannot work at the same capacity, they cannot work at the same pace, but what they have done in their younger days, then that, what they have managed to build a home for the family perhaps, or save something, so now in their old age, that too becomes a means of some kind of comfort, that becomes a means of some kind of support, so this is also included in this, that appreciate your youth, appreciate your younger days before old age comes, and this is something that is a certainty. That if a person is going to live a certain age in dunya, he is not going to pass away before old age comes, then old age will come. He cannot stop old age from coming. Then another very important thing is, that old age is going to come, our years are going to pass, we are today maybe somebody is 15, somebody is 20, somebody is 25, but we are going to remain at that forever. We are going to become 30 and 35 and 40 and 45, Allah knows best how long we live. Whether we are around tomorrow also, we have no idea. Whether we will see tonight, we don't have any idea. But if Allah Ta'ala has blessed with life, we are going to move on. But later in life, it is not easy to inculcate qualities that have not been inculcated in one's youth. It is not easy to bring in those habits, those ways, those manners, 
which have not been inculcated in a person's youth. Likewise, to uproot evil habits, to uproot bad ways, this becomes more difficult with each passing year, with each passing month. It becomes more difficult. So the time of a person's youth, things are relatively easier. What good qualities we inculcate. Now there is some sacrifice involved obviously, but no pain, no gain. There's some pain to take in everything for the gain. But when a person undertakes that little pain, that little sacrifice, minor sacrifice, it's not something major, there's no mountains to break. But the little sacrifice, and often the sacrifice is just the nafs, the temptations. Not that we have to do anything physically or much, anything much in terms of undertaking some very difficult tasks. The difficulty is just our own difficulty that we have put ourselves into. By putting ourselves in environments or exposing ourselves to things that now tempt us, that take us in the wrong direction, putting ourselves in such company that draws us towards evil and vice, so that's of our own making. But now in our youth, we inculcate the correct qualities. Then inshallah, this will carry us throughout our lives. And later in life, this will be a tremendous asset. And those wrongs that might have crept in, we uproot it now in our younger days. It's very much easier when there's a shoot that has come out of the ground. It's a weed. Then it's very easy to just take two fingers, hold it firmly and just jerk it and it'll be out. But you left it. It's now there in the ground for one year. It's now very much sturdy. Two fingers are not going to pull it. You might need two hands to pull it out. But leave it beyond that. After one, two years, two, three years, two hands are also going to fail. Two people's two hands too will fail. You'll need a chopper now. You'll need an axe. And maybe the axe will do it. But after some time, 10 years have passed, 15, 20 years have passed. Now that axe, you knocking that axe with all your force. You are tired, but that is not barely making a dent in that huge chunk. Now you're going to require a bulldozer. You're going to require a, a back actor to now come and drop that tree down. It is possible to drop it down, but now it requires a huge effort. So in one's youth, one takes the steps to uproot anything that might have kept in and keep one's direction towards Allah It's a short sacrifice of a few years. But in this few years, a person does not give in to those temptations and in a short time you'll find what a wonderful and peaceful life you will have. In terms of this youth, Yazid ibn Maysara, a great pious person, he used to relate this and say that Allah Ta'ala says that Ayyuhashab attariku shahwata attariku shahwatahu li al-mubtadilu shababahu min ajli that Allah Ta'ala addresses the youth. Can we imagine? That Allah Ta'ala addresses the youth and says, O oh young person who is suppressing his desires, the wrong desires, the passions, the lusts, and whatever else draws you away from Allah Ta'ala, O oh young person who is suppressing this for me, and who is suppressing it for my sake, and the person who is totally dedicating his youth for my purpose, Anta indi kabadi malaikati. Says your position in my sight is like some of my angels. Can we imagine that Allah Ta'ala is saying that your position in my sight is like the position of some of my angels. 
maybe not very high angels, but an angel is an angel. And this is the position in the sight of Allah Ta'ala. Outwardly, it might seem like there's no difference between us and others, but in the court of Allah Ta'ala, this is the great position. So we need to now make sure that we inculcate the correct habits from now. Just to round off this particular topic in one, uh, on one incident, one young person, one girl who was barely married for about 2-3 years, this was about maybe 6-8 months ago, so she sent an email, there was already some, unfortunately, some problems in the marriage. So now she wanted some advice. And before the advice, she gives a background about herself. Now this was a very striking thing that somebody can give a background about themselves which is brutally honest. For somebody to do it about themselves takes a lot of courage. To acknowledge one's own weaknesses, this is a very big thing. And that itself is a tremendous quality. Normally we'll be very easily able to discern and point out the faults and the weaknesses of others. But to see our own weaknesses, that too is a very far away thing. And if we see it, to acknowledge it, to accept it, that is a very great karamat of the time. But in any case, she is writing about herself and she is giving a background now that there's problems in the marriage, things are going very, very, there's turbulent waters. So, as part of the background, what she says is that I come from a home wherein everything was done for us. Perhaps whatever the position was, but living in the lack of luxury and everything done, don't have to do a single thing, there's maids to do everything, and as a result, there's no responsibility also that was undertaken. So now as the years went, a carefree life and everything carrying on, that this is youth now. So nowadays, many a times, somebody is 16 years old, 17 years old, the mother says, no, she's still too young to be in the kitchen now. For what she's going to do in the kitchen? It's not her place. She's 16 years old, 17 years old, she's still too young to be in the kitchen. What is she supposed to be doing? So in any case, this is what she's talking about, this person. She says, well, any, this, how life went on. And then, the next thing, I was already of marriageable age, and 19, 20 years old, and this proposal came, and I got married. So that before marriage, what happens is now suddenly somebody's proposed, so there is a crash cause. There's a crash cause in homemaking. Now when there's a crash cause, crash causes lead to crashes. Crash causes, what else is going to produce? Any case, she herself is saying now, that I got married, but I had never really done any work as such, odd things here and there, but this was not part of the system. One is, that as an odd thing to do, a person will climb the mountain also. But tell somebody who doesn't do it, as a normal thing to climb the mountain every day now, at the age of 20 to start climbing the mountain every day, says this is enough for me, one day is too much. But ask somebody who is living in a mountainous area, people in rural areas and so on, living on a, in a mountainous area, and they don't have transport, children have to go to school, etc. They go on foot and they are living in a mountainous area, the house is somewhere on one hill, they have to come down that long steep hill and climb another hill to go to school. Now from their childhood, they are growing up like that. Now ask that person to climb a mountain, what we will do while we are huffing and puffing, he's walking on that mountain like as if he's going downhill. 
we are battling to go that uphill, he is walking uphill as if he is walking, as if going downhill. Why? Because this is part of his system, he is used to it. He is doing it from his childhood. So you cannot inculcate something overnight in a person. It takes a whole period of time to put something into the system. So she is saying that I have never undertaken responsibility in my life. I have never ever really been involved in taking chores as part of my duty. And as a result, I am lazy. This is the word she uses about herself. I am lazy and all this is contributing. It's not the only problem. This is contributing to the problem in the marriage. Now this was a very candid and a very honest acknowledgement of what the problem is or where the problem is coming from. And this is something, as I said, very remarkable that somebody can admit their own fault. There were problems with what the husband was doing also. But the very, very uh, refreshing thing was that she started off with first her own problems. And then she came to the husband's problems. But generally the case is that I am, the most we will say is, I am not perfect. That's all, full stop. I am not perfect meaning, I am almost there. And it's obvious no human is perfect. So then, but that's it, leave it lead to that. I am not perfect like any other human being. But then the rest of it, the rest of it, all that is the fault of the other party. Everybody will say that. The husband will say the same thing too. So I am not perfect, but after that, the rest of it is all the wise problem. But for somebody to accept and admit their own fault, this is a big, remarkable and a very great quality. Because this is the first step towards rectifying the fault and addressing the problem. So in any case, what the lesson we are discussing here is that this is the stage of a person's life. 15 years to 20, 25 years old. In, in fact, before 15, 13, 12, 13 years old, this process now gets into high gear. What get incul gets inculcated from that age, and especially this 15 to 22, 25, that will stay for life. And if the right and correct and positive qualities get instilled in this youth age, then inshallah we will be able to benefit tremendously from this throughout our lives. And if irresponsibility, lack of any consideration and care in doing things correctly and whatever else, being helpful, being caring, etc. If these things are not inculcated, we will have problems ongoing throughout our life. Allah Ta'ala forbid and save us. So in any case, this is the first lesson that Nabi Islam gave. Ightanim khamsan qabla khamsin. That appreciate your youth more than anything because of deen. That what you can do in terms of deen in your youth, you can't do in your old age. You can't be that much salah in your old age as you can in your youth. Nafil salah, etc. You cannot fast as much in your old age, nafil fast, as you can in your youth. Hajj. People go sometimes in their older age, they say hajj is for the person who is young. Once you are old, it's too difficult. Make sure you go while you are young. So the youth is a time to make the best for our akhirat also, for our deen. And also the dunya also, we use the youth correctly. Then the second thing Nabi Wasallam explains, that appreciate your health. Appreciate your health before sickness comes. Just one more point on this youth aspect. Many might think that, well, this is now something beyond me. I am no more young. I have passed my youth days. So, well, this whole topic and this entire discussion that took place doesn't apply to me. And it's too late for me to even do anything about it. 
So indeed we can't turn back our lives, but we can make the difference in the lives of those who are our younger generation, our children, our nephews, our nieces, our grandchildren. Let us make sure that they spend their youth in such a way that they grow up to become true assets to themselves, to their families, to the entire community, to the ummah at large. That their youth is spent in such a way that they gain this great honor on the day of Qiyamah. Inshallah, they'll take us along also in the shade of the Arsh of Allah Ta'ala. So, whatever has passed, the Tawbah and Istighfar, the door to that is open. And the effort can still be made to rectify anything that, necessary, that is necessary. But, let us make an effort on our younger people. And especially the challenges now are far greater than what we have faced in our younger days. In terms of their schooling, in terms of the universities, there is this flood of fitnas, this flood of fitna of aqaid. How every other day, Allah forbid, every now and again, there's something about somebody has actually given up their iman. Barely three, four days ago, maybe a week ago at the most, one, the latest one that somebody sent me one email, and that email has whatever they call these things, a, a snapshot or something of a person's Facebook page. This is all de-Facebook. It just defaces a person's deen and dunya and everything. So in any case, his Facebook page and a conversation that he's, or whatever postings he's got there, and the first posting he's got, a Muslim youngster who's about 19 years old, 20 years old, and uh, from a family that very pro- good family, good background, dini background family, but he's been in university for the past two years, so now he says that I started my year, the new year, with being honest with my parents. Now that sounds very good, being honest with my parents, but what was he honest about? He says, I started off by telling them, billah, that I've given up my faith. Now this is, he's being honest with his parents. And then he says that I'm now, he's writing, billah, that I'm now an apostate, billah, as we call murtad. And then he's now making a snide remark about it. He says that slur, that is directed to people who adopt freedom of religion. Now this is what's going on, Allah forbid. And every now and again there's a new one surfacing. And this is something becoming a common issue. Allah save us, Allah protect us. Let us make sure what is happening in our children. They're going to school, they're going to university, they're interacting with people, what they're watching, what they're looking at, what they're reading, what is doing to their iman. There's a very strong effort being made out there to rob them of their iman. Let us be very conscious what is happening. These are realities. These are not fairy tales. These are things in the open. It's floating in the open. It's not this person is known in his community. And now he's quite proud. And people will actually, na'uzubillah, summa na'uzubillah, there'll be some people who'll pat him on his back for his courage, na'uzubillah, that he came out in the open and he expressed what he, what he believes and what he feels. Now this person is, he'll find a cult for himself. He'll actually get a following. The following that shaitan will create for him. Because of his so-called courage, na'uzubillah. Allah ta'ala protect us and save us. So let us be very conscious and careful about what we are doing and what our children are doing, our grandchildren are doing. We are responsible for them, we will be answerable for them. The second thing that we are being told in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, that was sihataka qabla saqamik. That appreciate your good health before sickness comes. In a person's good health, there are many things that he can do. There are things that he can do for deen, obviously. 
numerous things like we discussed already, salah, nafil salah, he can make tahajjud, he can do so many things, he can read so much of tilawat of the Quran Sharif and so many other aspects he can do. But then when sickness comes, <coughs> it's too late. Then this is something which it's a person now is so sick, he wants to wake up for his first salah also, he has to perform it lying down. Alhamdulillah, that is Allah Ta'ala's fazal and grace. Person lying down also performs his salah, Allah Ta'ala accepts it. And because that's the best way that he can perform it, he still gets the full reward also. And the other great thing about this is that a person who has used his health, the days of his health correctly, illness, this too is something from Allah Ta'ala. And sometimes it comes as a test to a person. So if a person is ill, even in that illness also he is getting closer to Allah Ta'ala with sabr. But make use of the days of health. This will be of great benefit even in the days of sickness. In which sense? In the Hadith Sharif it is mentioned that when a person is punctually performing some amal, a person is regular with some amal, for example somebody tahajjud, they don't ever miss their tahajjud. Oh, somebody makes ishraq daily also. Somebody makes two paras tilawat daily. Somebody does something else daily in that manner. Whatever it is. So, now when they are occupied in this way with amal, in the days of health, Allah forbid Allah Ta'ala give us health and keep us with health and keep us with afiyat. But sometimes sickness comes. Now the person is ill. person is so ill that even to wake up for the Farad Salah and perform it standing is difficult. The person has to perform it in bed. So now to wake up for tahajjud, to perform ishraq, to make the two paras, three paras tilawat daily, to be making the other amal, it's now not in the capacity of the person. But because these amal were being done regularly in a person's days of health, now in the time of sickness, Allah Ta'ala commands the angel, you go on writing the reward of those amal that this person performed in his days of health, while he is sick and unable to perform it. Uh, the person is sleeping through the time of tahajjud and tahajjud is being written for him. He was sleeping the whole day, he was waking up for his salah, performing his salah, but he's in bed, what can he do? He's in hospital, whatever the case is. His tahajjud, his ishraq is being written down, his three paras of tilawat are being written down, his tasbihat are being written down. He didn't get the chance or he didn't have the strength to perform any of these amal, but he's getting the full reward of it. So subhanallah, what a business this is. That when the doors of the business close, the profits don't close. That the doors are closed now, the person is not serving customers, but the profits are still still turning out. Can that happen in a business? But in the business of Akhirat, Allah Ta'ala has made that possible. That the person is not working and is getting paid. Stop working and you're still getting paid. But that depends on working well in the times of health. So that is another very great thing, that in the time of health, the person uses his health correctly for Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. Health, part of looking after one's health is that one has the right and correct habits, eating habits also, that a person eats to live, doesn't live to eat. Some people live to eat, others eat to live. Half the world is dying of starvation and the other half of the world is dying of overeating. So this is something which also affects a person's health to eat in moderation and eat in the manner that will keep one's health and not to eat harmful things, things that will become injurious to one's health and obviously that will harm one's spiritual health, 
things which are haram, etc. There's no question about eating such things. The other aspect, just to appreciate this health, one person, he suddenly had to, he had a very difficult condition, he could not relieve himself, and there was some blockage of the urine. Now this was a very excruciating condition. After some procedure was performed by the doc- in the hospital, finally the doctor's bill came. And whatever the bill was, few thousand rands, this person started crying. The doctor thought that he cannot pay for it, he's probably unable to afford the bill. So he asked him that you can't pay for this, you've got a problem with the money. So he said, no, alhamdulillah, I can afford it. Why are you crying then? So what I'm crying about is that every day of my life, on so many times in a day, Allah Ta'ala makes all the aspects and the functions of my body work and I don't even give it a second thought, I don't even make shukr for any of these things. And today one function had to be, I had to be helped with medically. Once in my life, and for that also I got a bill. And Allah Ta'ala never ever sent me a bill one day. I never got a bill from Allah Ta'ala for the innumerable things that the body I'm using, the functions and the faculties of this body all the time. Not one day I received a bill that your eye, so much of light, like electricity, so this is a light bill of your eyes. And this is a sound bill of your ears. And this is the water bill of the saliva that has to keep moistening your tongue in order for you to digest your food, for you to chew your food, for you to be able to speak. If the saliva in a person's mouth dries up, he won't be able to speak also. His tongue will become hard. He won't be able to move his tongue. So the water bill for the tongue to be able to function, for the digestion to take place, for the food to be able to be chewed, that water bill didn't come. The sound bill didn't, bill didn't come for the ears. And neither did the light bill come from the, for the eyes. And that is only three things. There's innumerable things in this body that Allah has blessed us with. So appreciate this. Before the health is gone and sick days come. Then the third thing Nabi Islam said to us, That appreciate your free time before you get preoccupied. Free time means that a person has the ability to undertake things because he is not in a condition that his time, his heart and mind is so preoccupied that he can do nothing else. Allah forbid, Allah Ta'ala give afiyah to one and all those who are in war-torn countries at this moment in time. People in Syria, people in Iraq, in Afghanistan, in so many countries of Africa, so many places in the world. Can we imagine, Allah Ta'ala give them afiyah, Allah Ta'ala save them and protect them. But can we imagine... People are, the day starts off with wondering where you're going to buy the basic necessities. How you're going to buy it. People have been selling, selling meaning giving over in some places in Africa and so on. They, people finally disposed of everything else. Now they said, okay, this car is here, one bag of flour. Take this car away. Give us one bag of flour. We, we're dying of starvation. Can we imagine a car being given away for a bag of flour? Now when a person is in that condition, he is totally preoccupied. Because his day-to-day necessities become the whole concern. How is going to take care of his family? What he, he, somebody is sick, he can't find, let alone hospital care. He can't find a single painkiller to give the child. Now that becomes such a preoccupation. Or oh, in so many other ways. Allah Ta'ala forbid and save us. Some conditions prevail over a person and that preoccupies his heart and mind. He cannot think in any other way. 
So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi is saying, appreciate that condition when your heart and mind is free from such kind of overwhelming worries and concerns and things that preoccupy you or a person is in such a situation he cannot stop for one moment he has to keep working for something or the other now this is something that unfortunately we take the totally opposite way how often it happens that we say that well we are bored we don't have anything to do we are bored does a mu'min get bored? can a mu'min get bored? we can only get bored if we don't know what our life is all about and we don't have the value of this free time when a person has the value of time then time we will never be bored time al-waqtu sayfun qati'un this is attributed to Imam Shafi says time is a sharp sword and if you don't use that sword to cut something else beneficially that sword is going to cut you one day that sword is going to take your life every moment is striking at you and either you use that to strike at something else correctly then your life is also going to go but you will get something productive at the same time otherwise you are just going to be there and this sword is striking all the time one day it's going to sever this, the main, the jugular vein and life is going to go so this is something, one person said al-waktu min zahabin time is gold he said time is gold so somebody else overheard this he said time is gold, really? do you have no appreciation of time? you comparing it to gold gold a person has gold he has it today tomorrow he loses that gold also but he loses that gold tomorrow the third day he gets more gold than what he had the first day that's gold it comes and goes but life one moment of life one second when can that ever come back will that ever come back will that one second that has been lost will that ever be recovered in any way impossible so now you're comparing something that will be possible to recover with something that is irrecoverable once it's lost how can this is a complete disservice it is an insult to compare time with gold so what is time? he says al-waqtu hayatun time, time is life time itself is life what is a person's life? a person's life is a combination of moments and seconds and every moment his life is dripping away like a block of ice every moment his life is dripping away and that drop that has dropped that will never come back so life is to be appreciated and this is something to now be very very conscious of this time this free time that we have if we use it correctly we'll find we can do a lot in this free time once subhanallah a person decides what a person will be earning one tree in jannat and one alhamdulillah one tree in jannat one allahu akbar one tree in jannat one times one, one, one surah fatiha a person decides over a thousand rewards every letter ten hasana ten blessings person decides uh, various other surahs that are the recommended surahs of the day surah yasin in the morning Allah Ta'ala fulfills all the person's needs the reward of reciting the Quran Sharif ten times now that was time the person used five minutes in the morning to recite surah yasin but the person used that free time correctly now what is the reward? The reward of reciting the Qur'an Sharif ten times, ten khatams. And on top of that getting one's needs fulfilled for the day. Surah Tabarak al at night, Surah Sajda, and the Tasbihat, Tasbih Fatimi after the various Salahs, before sleeping Tasbih Fatimi, this has great virtues, time is already running out, we don't have time to go into the virtues of these things, 
But we should open the fazail amal read the virtues of Quran, the virtues of Zikr, the virtues of Nafil Salah, the virtues of all the other various amal, the virtues of Tilawat of the Quran Sharif, and we will see how much there is to be earned in this time that we have. Hazrat Mawlana Ismail Katrada Sahib, one of the senior ulama of our country, of our province, he's in Dundee, I was just told that his wife is she's about 73 years old currently, and just now, recently, in the past few weeks, without anybody knowing, she was secretly doing her hives, and she completed her hives now a few weeks back, at the age of 73. Now, can we imagine how much there is available to be done in this time? If a person takes one hour a day only, one hour a day, and that is used towards the Quran Sharif, one hour a day, 15 years inshallah you'll complete hips of the Quran Sharif. Now one hour, we are always very busy. Why are we so busy? Because we have so many things to do. What are the things to do? Well everything has to be color coordinated, so that's also a big job. And then, everything has to be now, keep the styles keep changing, so everything has to be updated and upgraded and all the various other frills and fancies that happen and if there is a function in the family, there is a wedding or something, then Allah Ta'ala have mercy. Then weeks and months will go by, we will be so busy for what? But at the end of the day you can't account for what? In what all the time was spent? You are spent in all frivolous things. Just to try and make something look very fancy and very attractive. And after one hour, everybody, two hours, everybody went away, they forgot what they saw, they made one, two comments. Somebody just to make us feel nice little bit. They said, well, mashallah, everything was looking very nice and everything was done very nice. And then as they left the door, they say, how much money these people wasted? They could have given it to somebody poor. So now on one side, they will just pat us on the back, just to make us feel nice. Now after all, they ate all the food and went. But as they go outside, they say, so much of money they wasted. This is the sum total of what we got. But now this is where all the time goes away. But if that time was used in the correct way, then there's so much available to be done. Again, there isn't even time to talk about time. But just to give us some very brief idea, Hazrat Shaykhul Hadith Ma Zakariya Sahib Rahmatullah his father was Mawlana Muhammad Yahya Sahib Rahmatullah So Mawlana Muhammad Yahya Sahib Rahmatullah his mother. So the mother of Mawlana Muhammad Yahya and Mawlana Muhammad Ilyas Rahmatullah Rahmatullah the revival of the work of Tabligh, their mother. Now she was also a human being, she was a woman, she lived in this dunya also. What was her ma'amulat, her daily practices? So, just to take them in random, I don't even have the time to go through the whole list. She should recite 200 times Alhamdulillah, 200 times Subhanallah, 200 times Alhamdulillah, 200 times Allahu Akbar. So 200 times each, maybe all of us can do that. So mashallah, you see what's so great about it. Then add to it another 500 times Istighfar. Okay, fine. But then let's just go one time to the bigger things. And then 5,000 times Guru Sharif daily. And then 5,000 times Allahu daily. And 1,100 uh, 1, times Ya Mughdi. And together with that, one manzil of the Quran Sharif daily, one seventh. Every seven days, one khatam. And what I mentioned is only about five items out of a list of 18 askar and tasbihat. All her askar and tasbihat, 5,000 Guru Sharif, 1,000 of this and 500 of that, all used to amount to 18,000 every day. And this was together with all the daily chores, 
and she didn't have any machines to press buttons to do the work. In that time there was no electricity where there was machines to press buttons. And neither did they have the luxury of several maids, they did everything themselves. Now these people also lived in the same dunya and they had the same 24 hours in the day that we have. But when they put themselves forward, Allah Ta'ala gave them barakat in their time. So in any case, this is the third thing that Nabi Islam says. Then the fourth thing, that appreciate your wealth, treasure your wealth, before poverty comes. Allah Ta'ala save us and protect us. Our lifestyle generally, as we say, we have to keep improving the quality of life. <coughs> what is the concept of dunya in terms of when we talk about quality of life? Quality of life should have meant, and what it really is supposed to mean is, that somebody, for example, doesn't have food to eat, so now he has decent food to eat. Somebody didn't have a shelter to stay in, he has a decent shelter, no problem if it's a comfortable shelter too. That is all in his place. A person has some comfort, he can afford some luxury, no problem, Allah Ta'ala hasn't forbidden that. But it's not done for the sake of showing off with anybody, or vying and competing with somebody else. It is for the sake of enjoying that ni'mat, enjoying that comfort, that bounty, make shukar upon it, alhamdulillah. But that was meant to be the quality of life. What has become the meaning of the word or the statement quality of life? That now you must keep getting more and more of the material things of dunya, whether we need it or not. Whether we will use it or not, whether it will make any difference to us or not, but it must become a status symbol. It must become, it must be something that becomes a, an expression in itself. It must make a bold statement about what I have. Now that has become the meaning of quality of life. That I must live in a, what I can't use also, such a kind of house. I must have more cars than I can drive. I must have more clothes than I can wear. Every brand label must be available and must be in that cupboard, I will forget what I got in there also, and I'll be buying more things, and this will be the way life will carry on, whereas all these things we are going to be asked about on the day of Qiyamah. So, if this is the way a person continues, there will be no amount that will be sufficient, and there will be no contentment, there will be all the time this misery that I have less. The quality of life is not in looking at what others don't have, uh, of what we don't have which others have. The quality of life will not be improved in that way. And happiness in life will not come by looking at what we don't have and others have. It will be happiness in life will come by looking at what we have. How much we have. How much Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with. Compared to so many people, millions, billions of people who don't have even a small fraction of the number of things we have. So to be looking at that, making shukar for that and trying to use that for the sake of Allah Ta'ala's deen, for His pleasure. So, this is the thing to be conscious about. Again, that wealth, wealth is a great gift and bounty from Allah Ta'ala. This is not to be used in a way that earns the wrath of Allah Ta'ala. Unfortunately, again, especially when it comes to weddings, comes to functions, then the taps of wealth get opened, and sometimes that tap is connected to a credit facility. Allah forbid. So now it's draining out from a credit facility which a person is going to pay Big time as they say. One person told me recently, he says, I had to get my daughters married one after the other. He says, after each daughter got married, it took me three years to recover again, financially. Three years to recover. La hawla wa la illa billah. What was the need to spend that? He says, no, you can't do it any other way. One people will say, and they won't allow it any other way. They won't allow it. Who's they? Since when we are guide, 
our life is now the, the, we are driven by day Allah Ta'ala has given us the way of life the beast has shown us how to go about it this is how we got to go about it so in any case weddings etc these are things to be very careful at that time and Allah Ta'ala forbid the table sometimes turn in a moment Allah Ta'ala save us so many people throughout the world every now and again we hear these kind of things things just turn around in one neighboring country or not neighboring one two countries away the very good Muslim community there and very wealthy and now suddenly like the kind of situation we have here but worse there's a shortage of electricity so now the shortage is so acute that several major businesses had to close down because they can't run factories for the whole month no electricity enough electricity to run those machines there's barely enough electricity to put the lights on so the machines can't run a person was earning in the millions every month come down to zero because his machines can't work so overnight it came down to zero from millions Allah Ta'ala give them and give us afiyat protect us and save us Allah Ta'ala do not put us through any tests but at the same time we need to take a lesson and take an ibrat from others appreciate the gifts of Allah Ta'ala use it by all means correctly share it with others the needy, the destitute, the poverty poverty stricken, the orphans, the widows this too will become a source of barakat for us and will make things very easy for us as we go on and the last thing that Nabi Salaam says وَحَيَاتَكَ قَبْلَ مَوْتِكَ that appreciate your life before death life is certainly going to go when it goes we have no idea we got no idea whether we will see tomorrow one person, family member last night he performed his Isha Salah in the masjid went home healthy no, no illness, nothing. Came home, fit, completed whatever his things were, went to sleep. In the morning, woke up at about 3 o'clock for tahajjud or half past 2 or something for tahajjud. And then went, made wuzu, etc. and came. And between then and fajr, nobody knew really what happened. But when they woke up for fajr, they found him sitting on his chair. And perhaps he had already performed his tahajjud or not, but he had already passed away on his chair. This morning, his janazah salah was today after Juma salah. Now this is an ongoing thing that we keep hearing. But one thing that was very an eye-opener again, which is all the time, we hear it all the time. But every time it happens, it comes fresh in the mind, that now people were coming to the home, Allah Ta'ala gave us topic, we were there for a short while, for taziyat, etc. So people now start talking, and one of the things that generally each person is talking about, I saw him yesterday only, when I spoke to him in the night after Isha, as we coming out of the masjid, I spoke to him and he said something and he advised me about this. And somebody said he waved at me, mashallah, he smiled as he was passing, the last I saw him. And somebody said, well, he asked me, how's my father? And somebody, now everybody remembers the last moments. They all want to cherish that last moment. The father passed away, the children also want to know, how did we, what was the last thing he said? Or the last thing we saw him do? The friend, the neighbor, the person in the masjid, or the whatever family member, <coughs> everybody remembers the last. Everybody, the last that they saw us in. The last that they spoke to us, they'll remember us. What is the last we want people to remember about us? That we were fighting about something? We want somebody to remember the last thing we were in some haram place? We want the last thing that we were talking some vulgar things? Or the last thing we were looking at something haram? Or the last thing that Allah Ta'ala save us and protect us? So, the thing that we have been told in the Hadith Sharif, that, tamutun kama tahyun, how you live, that is how you will die. How you live, that is how you will die. Now a person who lived his life in the correct way, 
in a way that is in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala, then his death will come in that man also. And the last memories people will have will be memories of good. That this person last I saw him was in the masjid performing salah. Last I saw him was he was making dua. Last I saw him he was reading Quran Sharif. Somebody last I saw him he was advising somebody something good. Or last I saw him he was doing something positive, whatever. He was helping in the house. Somebody was doing something, he was making somebody's khidmat. She was making food for someone. She was doing some household chore. She was involved in her day-to-day activities in a positive way. But somebody's last thing I saw was in the mall. Last thing I saw was in the hall. And last thing I saw somewhere else, Allah forbid. Now that is not the way that we want to leave the dunya with those kind of memories of us left behind. We want to leave a legacy where others inshallah are also inspired to be in the right path. So this is the life that we have been told that appreciate your life before death. May Allah wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq that we truly appreciate all these bounties. Allah ta'ala guide us to His pleasure at all times. وآخر دعوانا للحمد لله رب العالمين عليك أن كما أن يعلم نفسك الله أنصر وأهبا وإنما إنك سأك وكما توستك لنا والعظيم معين